Hello, everybody. It is Dan and Chris back with another episode of A Father's Love, Healing Through Heartache. Chris, it's good to see you. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing. I'll just let you share if you want to. Oh, hey. Hey, Dan. Thanks. It's great to see you. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I ended up getting COVID. Uh, really knocked me down a lot harder than I thought it would. Uh, I was down for the count for a solid three or four days. And even today, I think I'm only, I only feel like I'm at like 85%. So um glad to at least be up and moving and not laying motionless in bed for days on end like I was. And uh, glad to be here with you. Well, good. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're feeling better. I think actually, as you're talking there, it's a, it's a, a good analogy of what grief is like too, of just you're down, but you can't be out. hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same exact thing. Uh, even the, the hardest part is, is, uh, so I got COVID and my wife got COVID and we were both hit by it really, really hard. Well, what do you do when you're a parent with both parents are down and you got three other kids that are relying on you? So no matter how sick I was, I was still quarantining or making my kids go in their room while I went downstairs to take care of stuff for them. Um, and then I would go back up to my room and let them go take care of their thing. Luckily I have two teenagers, so they were able to really step up and help a lot, but they still, there were some things I, I had to go take care of, uh, which was absolutely horrible. And, uh, um, I'm glad the, the worst of it is over. Yeah. Yeah. And you do, you sound a lot better than the last few times we've talked. So, um, we hope we're sure everybody listening will, will be graceful and, and forgiving of Chris if he sounds a little different tonight or, uh, whatever. So we're just glad that oh. you're here, bud. I'm, I'm glad I got this mute button. Cause you're going to, if you see me <laughs> in the screen, I'm going to be coughing a lot, but I'll be muted. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, tonight's a special night for our show. Uh, Chris and I have been talking about it. Uh, you know, if you've been listening that we love to have guests on our show, other fathers who have been grieving and we've had some different people who've lost different loved ones, share their grief stories. And, uh, we started talking with this little guy here uh, a month or two ago about coming on the show, and he was excited to do it. This is my son, Reese, Jameson's brother. And uh, Reese, why don't you tell everybody how old you are, what grade you're in, all that good introduction stuff. I'm in sixth grade, and I'm 11 years old. Okay. And so we're going we're gonna to let Reese steal the show tonight. And uh, Chris and I are going to do the best we can to ask him questions and, and see what's on his heart and how he's been feeling. Um, there's some things that, again, Chris, not we didn't really plan anything too deep. So uh, we'll see how it goes. We're real and raw on this show. We're not we don't hide that at all. But if uh, Chris or I poke a little too far, um, we will just adjust on the fly as we always do. Uh, but we're super thrilled that we get to hear from Jameson's brother. Uh, we hope that this encourages other fathers. That a um, couple things on my heart, at least. That first of all, as much pain as we're in losing a child, we have to remember that we still have other children here that need us, and they need our love, they need our attention, they need us to raise them into the young men and women that we want them to be. And that's really easy to say and really hard to do. Um, but also, um, I hope that this will encourage the other parents to 
work really hard to continue to have discussions with your other children about their mental health and how they're doing and your relationship with them. Um, we, we've talked a little bit about don't let your marriage fail and fight for your marriage. You have to fight for your family too. Chris, any opening thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, first off, Reese, it's awesome. I mean, I see Reese all the time on almost every recording. He comes down and we talk a little bit. So, But I'm super excited to have him on the show. And uh, for the dads out there and those people that are listening that may be really early in the grief, maybe we you can get something from Reese. Because um, I know Dan was probably the same way as I was when I lost Mason that it's really easy as the grieving parent to just focus on the child you lost and completely forget about your other kids for the moment. And... Uh, I think it would be awesome to get Reese's perspective on that and maybe give um, some parents some tips on what they can do to help their kids that are still with them also going through the grief at that moment. So, Reese, I'm going to send it your way, man. Hmm. So, Reese, why don't you start off by just telling us about, from your kid, your kid point of view, how old were you when Jameson passed? And what was your relationship like at that time? When I, when I was eight, he died when I was eight years old. He was he was nine years old at the time, and he was he was the my best buddy because we had just moved 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 here and we hadn't made too many that many friends yet. So, so and there weren't any real people that lived nearby, so we just had to play with play with each other a lot and we made, made up a bunch of ga- games like there's one in the bedroom where we threw, threw a ball up against the wall and we tried to catch it I could actually bring that on the memory box if you want me to maybe we'll have you do that we'll see but tell them about that game for now yeah the, the game was like there was a ball and you threw it up against against the wall wall and you tried to catch it and there and he made some really amazing catches. Like one time, he, he stuck his foot up against the wall, ball up, up up against the his bed, and it rolled and the ball rolled down his leg. Good catch, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What were some of the other games or things that you like to play with Jameson? Uh, we played basketball a lot. I, I don't play basketball that much anymore, but b- back when he was alive, I. I was really good, and we actually played basketballs basketball for like two hours the night before he died. Yeah. I I still remember that. Yeah, yeah, you two were they were out there all the time shooting hoops together. One again, as Reese just said, we'd only lived here a few months, so uh, being out in the country, it's a beautiful, peaceful thing, and that's why we wanted to be out here. But uh, we were used to in Raleigh, you walk out the door and you walk across the street to your neighbor's house to play, so. Uh, it was a beautiful thing from a parent's point of view, just watching their relationship grow that much more from being forced to be the only ones that they could play with most states. Yeah. So, cool. Um, so, Reese, do you think that was like a, you have a, is that a pretty good memory that last time playing basketball with Jameson? Or is that kind yeah. of make it hard to play basketball now because you had that last memory with Jameson? I mean, I mean, sometimes it hurts to play basketball, sometimes it doesn't, but I, I don't think I'll ever forget that all that basketball, because 
His death was was sudden for me because I I woke up I woke up and my dad was doing CPR. That's the first yeah. the first words I heard the day that he died were Jameson, can you hear me? That's the first thing I ever heard heard that day. Yeah, that must have been pretty hard, huh? Yeah, that that was probably the, uh, that was probably the scariest moment of my life when I when I saw Jameson laying on the laying on my floor. Yeah, that that's that's definitely a hard hard experience for for an adult, let alone an, an eight year old. So I can only imagine that that really really was really difficult at the time. Did um with everything that happened, what were some of the what were some of the things you were feeling the first couple days after Jameson went to heaven? The the most immediate feeling I I felt was shock. I was like Wait, what? In in confusion, I was, I was confused and shocked, of, and I was still trying to process it, process what had happened for days, days. And I remember for like months, months, and pretty much the rest of the school year, school year. Somebody, somebody worked at the school, school that my, that that my parents worked for, and that I went to had a bring me to school do you think that helped you or hurt you or no real difference the fact that i think it was only a few days that we decided to send you back to school to try to keep you somewhat on a normal schedule and not being around to see us crying all day and going to the funeral home do you think going to school was helpful or not and could you focus on your work well, immediately, everybody, a lot of the people there knew about it, especially the third grade, and I was in second grade at the time, because Jameson had a lot of friends in school, and and everybody loved him. He had a fantastic smile that everybody loved. Loved. He touched many hearts. He was, he was really a really nice guy. And do you think going to school was helpful for you as you were learning what happened to Jameson and where he was and why he was gone? Yeah, that was really t- tough. I'm like, wait, what happened? Hmm. Like the entire time. Okay. Yeah, so you're really still kind of in some shock, but you understood why your parents sent you to school, but you were still everything was so shocking to you, you still weren't completely processing it, basically, right? Yeah. Do you think um, when when Jameson first went to heaven, were, um, how did you feel about how your parents were feeling? Like, because you knew they were obviously very sad. How did that make you feel? I, I felt sad, too. I mean, I, I had a lot of times... Times where he just sat in the bed and cried together. And that Reese, Reese was a huge help to us. And again, I hope parents, uh, I hope this can encourage you to just continue building your relationship. Reese is known as a hugger. Uh, I remember when we moved here, he 
the school we were in before we moved to the mountains, he he walked around every morning before school, and he hugged every single teacher he could find. Oh, I thought that was, I thought that was uh, the school. I thought that was both schools actually. Yeah, it's been every school he's been in. He just loves to give hugs to anybody. He will hug a random stranger at the middle of the street if we start conversation with him. Uh, And then the last day of school before we moved out here, one last time he had to walk around the entire building and give everybody his one last hug. And it just brightened people's days. And he quickly got that reputation here. Uh, But I don't know that he knows how important that was to Erica and me when we lost Jameson that we, we got to hold on to him. We needed it physically just to feel that he was here and okay, but also just the love and encouragement that he could give us in our darkest, lowest points uh, to have him give us hugs. It just, it just helps you feel better. So I want to encourage parents to um, figure out with your kids what what helps together. And is there, don't underestimate your children of how mature and responsible and helpful they may be in certain areas. Chris, I don't know if you have anything to share there. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I know when when Mason first went to heaven, I would talk to my older two boys a lot about where they thought Mason was or how, how they were doing. And they were, you know, just like, just like Reese, uh, my older boys were really supportive of us. And just while they were going through their own grief and shock as well. So, um, difficult times all around. And that's really like Dan, what Dan said, like when family has to pull together and be their closest um, in times of tragedy like that. So I had the same exact experience, Dan. It, it definitely was helpful um, in those shocking moments for sure. So, yeah. but Reese, I had a question for you. Uh, what, what's your favorite memory with Jameson out of all the memories you have with him? I'm not, I'm not sure. One memory I have have is is when we accidentally is right before we moved. I I accidentally threw the pretty much the only ball you we were playing with was which was actually one of our dog's to- old toys. It, it rolled down the drain. That, <laughs> I don't know why I remember that, but I just do. Oh, those are always the best memories. You don't know why they stick in there, but they're there. And those are awesome. Yeah. But I think my favorite memory was actually the. I don't think I I think I already told you about this, but it's where he stuck out his leg and the ball rolled down it when we put in that game in the bedroom. You like that game? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it hurts to play. I haven't played it since he died. <laughs> oh, that kind of hurt. Okay. So, can you? So, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead nope, you go first. So, can you talk about in the last three and a half year, almost four years? What are some things that you think Mama and Dada maybe have not done very well in terms of spending time with you, relating to you, talking with you while we've been grieving Jameson? Even though you've been wonderful about it, what are some things that you wish we would do better or at some point so that other parents who are grieving can keep that in mind that, hey, I need to watch out for these things? 
And that's okay. That's you. It might be hard for you to even think of any because you love your parents so much and you know they're trying their hardest to take care of you all the time, especially when they're in their, their worst moments. So if you can't think of anything, I don't think, uh, I know for sure, knowing your dad, that your dad and mom will always give their 100% to take care of you and love you and protect you. So um, totally normal answer like that, to be honest. Yeah. I think for the other parents, I mean, I... I have a list of things that I know I failed at, or not failed, but definitely have struggled with. And um, I'm thankful that I have Reese, who's so forgiving and graceful. Um, but I want to encourage other parents that when we feel like we're failing, whether it's our marriage or our children or whatever, it's never too late. If you if you can pinpoint an area where you just don't think it's going well fix it. It's, it's not too late and have those conversations with the people that matter and fight. Cause again, as Chris and I have said numerous times, we've already lost one kid. We don't need to lose our wife or our other children or any members, any part of our family. We got to fight for it every day. Yeah, I agree. I, I really think having those difficult conversations is very important, you know, and, um, with my older two, I had those hard conversations, just like Dan brought up now, where I'd say, hey, son, what, where, what can I do better? What, how can I help you? Because I know you're going through your own stuff right now as well. Is there anything I can do to help? Typically, they would say no, and I wouldn't believe them because uh, I, I think there's always something we can do to help our kids out. But uh, um, I think at least opening the dialogue and or like even dad said, like, admitting to your kids like hey i know i wasn't the best parent at that moment because of what we were going through uh at least with my older boys it really seemed to play a huge dividends kind of where they understood the 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 magnitude of the tragedy and they you know i would i would say that they forgive me for whatever miscomings that i had at that moment so yeah i think that statement is huge that um admit it when you're wrong and go have that hard conversation admit your mistake ask for forgiveness and it's it's amazing how graceful people are when we own up to it and we're all going to have it um again i could i could rattle off a list of things that i know i've messed up on with reese and i'm, I'm glad that he doesn't hold it against me or that it hasn't affected our relationship so reese Tell me about the Warrior Park. What do you, what's your favorite obstacle on there? What do you love about it? I have always seen pictures of you or videos of you doing it. So what do you love about it? My favorite obstacle is definitely the Frog Hop, which if you don't, if you don't know which one that is, it's the second of last one with all those moving tiles. So tell people, describe it. What are the tiles hanging on? They're hanging on ropes from like, so it's kind of like these two squares made out of bars and then across the bottom bars uh, connecting them there are a bunch of of other bars that's i ropes that support so are they nice and stable when you step on them not really they they move and then they're also supported by the by above from above by the top bars so then they they swing when you step on them and you go across them super slow fast <laughs> There's probably the best obstacle that I'm the best at. Yeah. 
So, Reese, I got another question for you. Sorry, I'm, I got all these questions I flowing like through my mind here. You, your parents recently put together a grief retreat, and I'm just curious how you felt about it. You got to meet some other kids that lost their sibling as well, and I want to know if that kind of helped you meeting some other kids that were just like you in that sense. Yeah, that really helped help me, knowing that I wasn't alone going through, going through all this grief and pain. And I really liked hearing other people's stories because, because I like I like to hear like what other people are going through. Yeah, and it, and you feel like you've maybe met some new friends now that you could maybe reach out to in the future with dad or mom's help. Like if you wanted to talk to them and say, Hey, I'm you know, our, our, we we were friends at this grief retreat and I'm kind of feeling like this. There's just someone else that can kind of relate to what you're going through, right? Yeah. And uh, along those lines, tell everybody about Camp Braveheart. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's this camp that I go to yearly at the beginning of the summer. And it's, it's really nice with grief. It's a week-long overnight sleepaway camp. And it's it's really fun, but they also share stories a lot. Who's allowed to go to it? People who've been going through grief. Any kids who have experienced the loss of a loved one, not just a sibling. Yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, tell uh, everybody listening what are some of the activities that you do for the memory part and the handling your grief. The, one of the main things that we do is we we smash a pot. And then write up, like, something that, some memory that you have on it. Like, for me, I wrote down Warrior Park, A-N-W, bedroom game, which is what we call that ball game, like, with a wall. And then a bunch of other, a bunch of other stuff, stuff that's, like, memories. And then we try to glue it back together. Together, and what's Miss Martha's message and Doctor Dalton's message when they have you glue it back together? It's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like your life trying to fit back all the pieces together. And does it go back to the way it was? Ra rarely, mm. anybody's ever gotten it. Well, a couple of people have had a really weak smash where it went to, into like five pieces. They're actually able to put that back together. Do you think it's worth it for other kids to look into a similar camp somewhere around then? Do you feel like it helps you a lot more yeah, than just being a fun summer camp? It helps me a lot. Anybody? Oh, there's Carson. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I love seeing his smiley face on there, too. Hey, Carson. Hi. So, uh, this is Carson. This is my my little guy. He's what grade are you in? What grade are you in, Carson? First grade. First grade. Six years old. He just came in from outside. It was dark out, and we had to force him in. <laughs> ah, yeah. And uh, so Camp Braveheart. I we encourage everybody look for a camp around you. If you're anywhere near the Western North Carolina mountains, it's uh, somewhere in June usually. For a week, um, it's I believe it's campbraveheart.com. It might be .org, um, but look it up. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful camp 
that uh, really helps the kids. Um, the thing that for me as dad uh, hit me the strongest was that pot. Um, I think we all probably have experienced our kids not really opening up to us and just, God, I wish you would tell me what you're feeling. And um, But they're kids and they grieve differently in different ways at different times. Um, when Reese came home the first summer from Braveheart, that pot he had written also lonely and bored were two of the things he wrote. And that was the first time I had heard those words out of him. So it was helpful for Erica and me to hear him acknowledge those so that we could try to take whatever steps we could to help him with that. Um, again, it's, it's just about the communication with our kids and it's hard because again, as we've talked a million times, we're grieving, we're trying to get ourselves healed in ways that we can support our wives and support our children. Um, and then you add in the fact that they're kids and they don't always know how to process their grief or they're too shy or hurt to talk, whatever. Um, just keep those communication lines open and, and, and look for keywords. Yeah, I, I really like that smash in the pot idea. I'm going to look that up online, actually, and maybe just do it with the boys myself here at home because, wow, that's uh, that sounds like an amazing uh, um, idea to try. So Reese is going to disappear for a minute. He uh, He's really excited. He wants to go grab the memory box that he takes with him to Camp Braveheart. They, you can leave that open. They, this is a live show. What can we say? They, um, they allow every child to have the time up on stage in front of the entire camp to share just what happened to their uh, loved one that they lost and then share the memories from this memory box. And then hopefully he's going to bring down one of the pots as well because um, he wants to show those off. Yeah, no, that is that is a great idea. I, I actually remember, Dan, you telling me about Camp Braveheart with um, for my boys. Uh, now, they haven't gone. Uh, to be honest, when Mason passed, um, I, would, I don't want to blame it all on my wife, but I want to feel like we kind of cling to our boys even more, mm -hmm. and we were afraid to let them go, to be honest with you. Um, it's not that we didn't think they'd get something out of it, I think just the fear, those initial fears, the first year or two um, was too much for us to bear, to be honest. And um, now that you mention it again, it's something I'm going to look into more, I think, um, and just see what our options are and see if I can maybe convince my wife to, to let go of the reins a little and maybe see if that'll help the boys out. It's something I, I think uh, would be an awesome experience for them. And... Along that, I mean, yeah, we, I agree completely, and we're that way, like, him going to a sleepover or anything like that, heck no. Um, we are fortunate that the camp is only 30 minutes away from us, so we know if there were any of those issues, we can go get them real quickly. Um, the other thing that helped convince us is that the Dr. Dalton, who was there, was the therapist that met with Reese, so we had that connection that made us feel safe. Um, Reese, tell everybody the first year you went, um, tell everybody about your two cabin counselors, because that again, right away, any nerves we had leaving him right away that were, were, um, fixed 
because of what? Be because both of the cabin counselors have have lost a sibling yeah. that I had. Yeah. So that that was just huge when we met them and to hear not only were they willing to give up their time for the kids, but they had both experienced exactly what or as exact as anybody possibly could what Reese was going through. So again, that helped. Um, but yeah, we get it. It's hard to send your kids away. So, all right. So we'll try our best to show this. This is the part Go ahead, the Reese. Year. You can tell about it. By the way, this is the part from the second year that I was here. That, that was at Camp Heart. So you write on there all your feelings or all the things you remember about Jameson or how, how does it but, go again? Uh, all the emotions that you feel, all the thing, all the memories that you have, all, all of, just all the things that will remind you of Jameson, or your loved one. Okay, and then, so then, after you write it all in there, you break it, right? And uh, that's supposed to kind of symbolize the tragedy happening, correct? I'm uh, assuming, no, Dan. We break it first, and then we write all the stuff in it. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. And why don't you read some of the things? Um, again, if you have a chance to do an activity like this, do it, because again, it's it's interesting to see where your kid's mind is at. So read the words that you have. In I have A N W, which is American Ninja Warrior. Duke Blue Devils, which is our favorite college sports team. Rubik's Cube is right here. And then we have Marble Runs because that's one of the things we did way down here in the bottom. One of the one of the biggest pieces says bedroom game and then right here Carolina Hurricanes, the the hockey team. Scavenger hunts. Something we like to do. Funny. He had a fantastic sense of humor. Rockies, which is a, a restaurant that we both, his favorite restaurant in our town. Yeah. And Faith. One of the most important ones. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's, there it is. Great. Yeah, it's a great idea to just see where your kids mind is. Did you write the same words year two that you did year one? I don't know. Mm -mm. No, you didn't. So, again, it's something that you can repeat over time because just like adults, it, our grief changes over time. So, Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting too, Dan, that you say that, how over the, over the year one and year two, how things evolved and how his, you know, his feelings and memories and ideas changed with that. It's, it's really important to keep it going like that. All right, and you want to take them through the memory box that you have? Now, Jameson loved Magic Treehouse books. And then I got Magic Treehouse number five, Night of the Ninjas. Yeah, I don't read Magic Treehouse, but he loved it. So I grabbed the book. Jameson loved Rubik's Cube, so I actually put in that pot right there. Where, where is it in the pot? Right there. Yeah. Okay. He, he loved Rubik's Cubes, and he was great at solving them. This is the most special thing I have, and I'm going to save that for later, okay. actually. This is just his favorite stuffed animal, I think. 
I don't know what I that is. I don't know what it, I don't remember what it is, but it reminds me of Jameson. Then that's all you need. This hmm. is his old soccer jersey. He was number thirty-five. Yeah, I don't know that that's what. I think that actually might be your jersey, but the thought is he loved his soccer, doesn't he? Yeah, usually, usually he would make it based off of his age. Yep. Me and him love to read at night, and we we use these. Wow, uh, those are awesome. And that I don't is, know if I'd be doing much reading with that on my head at night. We, we did hear it. a lot of giggling when uh, they were supposed <laughs> to be reading and winding down for bedtime, and a lot of giggling for, going on. For those that are just listening, uh, um, Reese put on like a, a headlamp to, to look around and help with the reading, so... I think I mentioned that I put scavenger hunts in the pot, and then this is one of the things you made. If you can read that, it says, oh. I don't know if it's backwards or not, but it says, number 20, dining room. And he, oh, he has I see such it. Yep. good handwriting that, that a teacher actually thought it was a teacher that wrote it, not him. Hmm. And then this is a picture of him. This is what he looked like. But it's a very nice file. He loved fidget spinners. And then. Who doesn't? <laughs> this and this was one of his favorites. This is baseball because he was fantastic at baseball. We actually delayed, delayed our trip, our, our trip to. He here uh, by a week because he made the all-star team. Oh, nice. And now let's go back to this. This is actually the ball that we used for the bedroom game. We threw up it against the wall. We caught it. This is the exact ball that we always used. It's a, it's oh, a I could see why that was fun. That That's pretty bouncy there. That's probably going all over the place. Well, Reese, I want to I want to thank you for showing us the memory box, man. Because I'll tell you what, you're pretty brave and you got some guts. Because not all eight year olds would have the courage to come on and and do what you're doing. So uh, I want to say thank you for coming on and sharing your story and how you feel about things. And you're helping a lot of parents out there now understand what their kids are going through. So thanks for doing that, man. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm proud of you, buddy. So, yeah, I think, um, is there anything, last-minute things you want to say to the other parents who are listening? Any advice or last thoughts? I, I don't, I have no idea if you've mentioned this, but you actually went on that bike trip the Sunday before. Mm -hmm. So. And, and that was, it was raining that day, and Jameson was begging for, begging to go on that bike bike ride. I can't imagine the, the regret he would have had if he said no. Yeah. So I guess, again, that's our whole say yes movement of just take advantage of the opportunities and to everybody listening again. we Chris and I get it, how hard it is, but we've got to remember that we have our other children and our wives here that need us too and, and just keep investing in them with whatever energy you do have. Um, it, it does make a difference. So. 100%. Yeah. Again, Reese, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. 
uh, I, I have, this is probably my favorite episode, to be honest with you. I've had so much fun hearing your memories of Jameson. I already knew how awesome Jameson was from, you know, listening to your dad, but to hear your stories of Jameson, it just makes me love him even more and wish I could have got to know him. And, uh, you're, you're a really brave kid. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Right. So, uh, yeah, I hope parents who are listening, uh, we hope that this has encouraged you, uh, maybe giving you an idea or two of something you can do to stay connected with the kids that are still here through the pain. And uh, with that, Chris, I'll let you uh, add any of your final thoughts and wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so, parents, listen, Dan and I get it. When, when you're going through grief, how hard it is to, to stay focused on um, the rest of your family because you're just in so much pain and agony and sadness. Um, but as parents, we do have to take priority and remembering our other children and making sure they're taken care of. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be that one step at a moment, one breath at a time. Um, but ask your kids what they need. Just straight up ask them, how can I help you? How can I help you get through this? Um, how can we get through this together? Don't make this like you're the only one that's sad. They're sad too. So, um, you know, like Dan said, Reese is a hugger. He was hugging them, helping them get through the pain. Um, I'm sure as a family, if you have that discussion, you guys can come up with a plan that can get you through it. So those are my parting thoughts uh, um, in regards to this, Dan. Yeah. So, yeah, I beautifully said thanks. Reese, thank you for joining us, buddy. I love you and I'm proud of you. And uh, Chris, uh, thanks for joining us and keep getting healthy. And uh, we'll see everybody next time on A Father's Love, Healing Through Heartache.